We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to Big Trouble in Little Vagina on Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation. And welcome back for another episode of Big Trouble in Little Vagina, the program that's dedicated to helping you find the most important, most elusive, and most precious of all things, the perfect orgasm. As always, I am your hostess with the mostess, Naughty Nicole Delacroix. And on this journey, we're going to be exploring and investigating many different aspects of sex and relationships. And our journey together is going to be, well, long and hard, just the way I like it. But I assure you, there will be pleasure everywhere we go together. I only ask that you keep an open mind, put aside what you think you know, and you can even take my hand. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to remind you all that if you're searching for things on the internet, make sure you're using IjiSearch.com. That's I-J-I-Search.com. Because if you like looking up naughty and dirty things like I do, IjiSearch.com will eliminate your search history so you don't have to explain all those naughty little secrets to anybody. Well except for me. That's right, use IggySearch.com and you'll never have to explain that embarrassing porn search again. Oh, and speaking of naughty searches, I wanted to share a little story that I came across in one of my many naughty internet searches. And I thought of you, my brave listeners. I thought you might appreciate it. Now, this story is going to be one of the, for the, what the hell were you thinking, you stupid fuck files. Now, if you happen to live in Russia's Tiver region, there happens to be this story about a man who attempted to have sex with a raccoon. Yeah, I'm going to give you a second with that. Sex with a raccoon. As you can imagine... This raccoon did not take kindly to this and, well, bit a big piece of the man's most cherished organ right off. Now, the thing that drew me to this story is that apparently the hospital that this brainiac went to called around for a vet specialist because, well, when you get bit by a raccoon on your penis, that's what you do, I guess. But they were looking for a specialist because they wanted to do an autopsy of the raccoon who apparently choked to death on the man's penis. Yeah, this is Darwinism at its finest. Let's not look for the psychologist to examine the idiot who tried to fuck a raccoon. No, instead, let's see if we can reattach the missing piece of his penis so he can possibly procreate in the future. Yeah, on that one, I'm just going to drop the mic right there and let you draw your own conclusions. Yeah, I know. Anyways, I thought you'd enjoy it. And... 
now that we've had a good little laugh today, let's jump into today's episode. So, relax and get comfortable. You can take my hand if you need to, and let's get started. Remember, orgasms are nature's way of saying, hey, life sucks ass, but here you go. Have some candy. Now, on today's episode, we're going to try something a little bit different than what we've been doing so far. Normally, I would have a topic all ready to go, but I thought we might have a little fun together instead. Oh, the fun we could have together. Whew. I decided that I wanted to talk about fetishes. And, well, there are just so many fetishes, I just didn't know where to begin. So, instead of picking what I wanted to do, I thought, I'm going to let fate decide. So, I wrote down several different fetishes that I wanted to talk about on pieces of paper, and I threw them all in a hat. And today, for the very first time, you get to play a part in what we're going to talk about first. That's right, fate's going to decide the order. But you have a hand in fate, so don't forget. Now, before we get to which fetish we're going to talk about first, we should talk a little bit about the difference between fantasy and fetish. There are all kinds of sex out there. Wild sex, kinky sex, vanilla sex, fantasy sex, hell, even self-sex. Truthfully, if you can think it, it's probably out there. Sexual fetishes are incredibly, well, widespread. Oh yes, the puns. I never forget to bring the puns. Not to mention wide-ranging. They are defined as the need for a very specific type of stimulation, be it touching a particular material, watching someone do something specific, performing a specific action, touching an object, or looking at a particular body part, so on and so forth, in order for someone to become sexually aroused. In addition to true fetishes, there are also countless sexual preferences or kinks, which are things that really just turn someone on or they particularly enjoy it, but it's not necessarily required for them to receive sexual gratification from it. Now, so, what's the difference, right? Well, the difference is need. When it comes to fantasy and fetishes, most people just want to know if they fall into that sexually normal spectrum to justify what's going on in their heads when they do fantasize. But when you stop and think about it, when it comes to sex, there really isn't any normal, is there? The only constant that you're going to find is diversity and variation, because we all have different ideas and different needs, and especially when it comes to sexual desire. So, I say, as long as there's mutual consent, respect, communication, and most importantly, 
intimacy between you and your partner, it really doesn't matter what you consider normal to be. But anyway, the whole fetish, kink, or ooh, I like that category comes in all shapes and sizes. And we're going to explore some of them here today. But before we get into it, there is something incredibly important to me that I think we need to establish first. And that is this. And I want you to listen closely. Having a fetish or a kink does not make you weird. That's right. Say it with me. It's okay to have a fetish or a kink. It's perfectly normal. This is what the new normal looks like. It doesn't make a person bad or sick or dangerous. Well, as long as you stay safe and approach it with consent from everybody that's going to be involved. Fetishes don't even make you an outcast. In fact, you may be surprised to learn that lots of people have them. And the majority with fetishes, yeah, they're just regular, everyday people. Look to your left, look to your right, I promise you, someone's got a fetish. They're everyday people and they're able to easily integrate their desires into their sexual lives. Also, there are varying degrees of fetishes. Everything from a mild craving for something to an absolute 100% must happen requirement just to get someone off. Think about it like this. If someone has a bondage fetish, they may just want to be loosely tied up with a scarf or maybe even a pair of handcuffs, a gag, the whole nine yards. It really just depends on the person. That makes sense? All right. Now that we've covered that, what I really want you to do is this. Close your eyes. Well, unless you're driving. But close your eyes and concentrate really, really hard on what fetish you like best. And with everybody concentrating on the same fetish, I'm going to grab my little hat with papers and swirl my papers around. And everybody concentrate, and I'm going to pull out our first fetish for today. And I hope it's a really good one. So concentrate really hard. Oh, I love it when you get hard for me. Oh, yes, it just gets me all hot and wet. All right, on count of three, we'll have our first fetish. One... Two, and three. All right, heathens. Today's first fetish will be, drum roll please, role playing. Ooh, I hope it was what you were concentrating on. Oh, I hope you were thinking about this one because I have to be honest. Role playing is one of my favorite fetishes. 
Role-playing can be anything from adult babies, where someone dresses up and acts like a baby or a child, to a teacher-student scenario, or maybe just wearing costumes, pretending to be a character from a book or a movie, and so much more. Anybody ever been to Comic-Con? That's right. Cosplay is just a more public version of role-playing without the sex involved. Well, well, unless you've been to Comic-Con and, well, yeah, the sex is kind of there. But we're not going to get into that. (laughs) Personally, I love dressing up. And role-playing is that most common fetish on the face of the planet. Role-playing is rooted in the desire to escape and be somebody else for just a little bit. And that can be incredibly arousing to many people. Additionally, this type of fetish may involve some other desires. You know, just think dressing up like a little schoolgirl and maybe you've done something a little naughty and, oh, somebody's going to give you a quick little spanking. Oh, yes. Oh, I lost my spot for a moment. Yes. As with any sexual act, there are going to be endless variations and ways to express your desires. From the married couple playing a game of master and servant, to full-on fantasy immersion like baby play or medical play, bondage, and so much more. Role play is more than just dressing up in a French maid's outfit or becoming the naughty nurse on regular weekends. Let's not forget the cross-dressing. Yes, this one is far more common than you'd imagine. And it involves the fetishist needing to either wear clothes from the opposite sex or being sexually intimate with someone who is. This fetish is common in both the straight and gay communities. For many enthusiasts, just knowing they're wearing that one item of clothing that is forbidden to them and possibly could be caught doing so can spike the arousal factor. There's so much more to role-playing than meets the eyes. And besides, those silky underwear feel so good against the skin, gentlemen. Now, since we're talking role-play, and it's kind of a generic fetish, I also wanted to cover a little bit more specific, and that would be furries and animal play. I know, furries, my favorite. Oh, I love them. There exists a subculture of people that call themselves furries. These people get together a few times a year and dress up in furry animal costumes as a form of expression, whether that's sexual or not. There aren't always the average woodland creatures either. If you've ever visited a furry convention, you might see a life-sized kitty with long bejeweled eyelashes. That could possibly be me. Or a pastel bunny rabbit with sumptuous breasts. Once again, could be me. Now, if this sounds a little bit out there for you, you can do what many others have done and 
head on over to edgysearch.com and search furry porn to get a better idea of what I'm talking about. It is important to note that not all members of the furry lifestyle participate in a sexual way, much like in the world of cosplay. But of course, there are some who do have a full-on furry fetish and prefer furry sex, which does not always involve actual intercourse to everyday lovemaking. Now, I know you want to go and search for some new costume and ideas because we're just getting warmed up here on Big Trouble in Little Vagina, so promise me that you're going to fantasize about something naughty as we listen to our sponsors. I'm Naughty Nicole, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. Meet me back here, my little furry heathens, after this word from our sponsor. The talk that makes your body rock. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back, Renegade Talk Radio heathens. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Big Trouble in Little Vagina. And today we're diving deep into the world of fetishes. I hope you've been using itchysearch.com to satisfy your voyeuristic cravings during the break. Or maybe you were just looking for a couple of other swingers. Either way, we have more fetishes to explore, so let's jump right back in. All right, on to our next fetish. Let me grab my hat. And concentrate hard, my little heathens. You need to help me pick our next fetish. And that fetish is... Voyeurism, exhibitionism, group sex, and swinging. Yeah, I know. It's more like four fetishes in one, but... I felt that most people who enjoy voyeurism and exhibitionism also like group sex and, well, swinging just kind of goes with group sex. So in my mind, they kind of all belong together. So let's start with voyeurism and exhibitionism. These fetishes are characterized by the enjoyment of watching others have sex or exposing oneself in public. Interesting fact, the adult entertainment industry claims that 80% of its audience is male. I know, big surprise, right? So it makes sense that the prevalence of voyeurism is three times higher in males than it is in females. I'm not buying that for a second because I like to watch. Voyeurism and exhibitionism are based on the idea that these behaviors, being taboo, is risky, sexy, and raw. But you must remember that exposing yourself in public is illegal in most places. So make sure that you keep your exhibitionism in a safe, consensual place, please. Now let's turn our attentions to group sex and swinging. When it comes to sex, two people can feel a little bit lonely. And it's always nice to have some extra playmates in bed. 
group sex, including the ever-popular threesome, is an act that can be a lot of fun when you're all in it for the same reason. Swinging, however, is just a little bit different. That's when couples actually switch partners, sometimes more than once, to have sex with different types of people while still sharing the experience with their spouse or significant other. Ooh, just the thought of all those bodies and limbs intertwined. Whew, okay, it's making me hot. <laughs> all right, let's keep things going. Now, remember, concentrate. Make sure we get a really juicy fetish. Our next fetish is ooh, body worship. Oh, yes. Now, body worship comes in many different ways and centers on parts of the human physique, the most common of which is feet. People with a fetish for a specific body part will enjoy kissing it, licking it, touching it, or doing any number of things to it. Besides feet, other popular body part fetishes are stomachs, breasts, butts, and hands. And if you're wondering, I love a good butt. Oh, yes, I do. Other top forms include physical discomfort, like spanking, for instance. If you haven't guessed, I kind of like spanking. Body piercings, pigtails, or braids, makeup, like fingernail polish and lipstick, and oh so much more. Now I'm just going to highlight a few, but by all means, you should find one that you like and definitely try it out. So if the smell of raw feet makes you want to take a cold shower, you're probably going to fall into the foot fetish camp. But every detail about feet can get this particular person going. The majority of foot fetishists are definitely men, and they often like to smell, lick, or taste feet, and do require some interaction with any part of your foot to experience orgasm or overall sexual satisfaction. Foot fetishes range from desiring certain shapes and sizes of feet, well-manicured toes, certain types of toes, foot accessories, particular footwear, and sometimes even smelly and dirty feet. And some like all of the above. And I have to admit, I love, love, love my shoes. Now, I don't necessarily get sexual satisfaction from my shoes. Okay, I have to admit, when I find a pair of platform stiletto suede boots in my size, oh, I do get a little bit of a tingle. Mmm, suede, platform, boots. Sorry, where was I? Oh yeah, right, fetishes. <laughs> Maybe we should move on a little bit. How about butts and boobs? Two of my favorite things. I mean, face it, 
Who doesn't love a great behind or some really amazing tits? But does that necessarily make you a fetishist? Well, let's find out. Now, evolutionarily speaking, men are wired to focus on the areas as a sign of fertility. And honestly, you know, I don't have a problem when guys stare at my tits. In fact, I think I'm going to go to the craft store and get me some of those really big googly eyes, you know, so I can have boobly eyes. Put them on my boobs. (laughs) You know, call them boobly eyes. Okay. It's funny. You know, they stare at my tits, then my tits can stare back. Well, I thought it was funny. Well, women are just as apt to focus on the nips and bum of men. So you'll know which one you're into if you find yourself constantly want to check out that ass. Or if you can't stop thinking about those perfect rosebud nipples and what you'd like to do to them. Anyone can appreciate these lovely assets, but people with these specific fetishes, they have to find out, and they make it so difficult to reach climax without a firm behind and direct view or teeth wrapped around that erect nipple. I have to admit, I do like a nice ass. Now, hair is another surprisingly popular fetish. Whether it's tied in ponytails, braids, or pigtails, on a blonde, brunette, or red-headed woman, every guy has his own specific preference. Bottom line, the innate sensuality of hair does it for guys on many levels. Of course, I have to admit, I do like a man with a little facial hair. I do like a scruffy man. Now... This fetish could also be more focused on specific styles of hair. When hair is styled in a ponytail, it can easily resemble a whip or provide you with something to pull while you're in the heat of the moment. Hair is also synonymous with youth, so a woman with pigtails can fulfill a fetish for younger women. And hey, As long as she's not actually a schoolgirl, there's nothing wrong with giving her hair a tug when she's a little late for class. Hey, I like it when you pull my hair and spank my ass. Now, for the last part of our body fetish, we're going to talk about piercings and tattoos. Piercings is a quite popular fetish and incorporates everything from pierced belly buttons to eyebrows, penises, and nipples, and I've even seen a few vaginas that have been pierced. People who have piercings are often drawn towards other people who have piercings themselves, just as provocatively. Just the look of another person with piercings might be enough to turn them on, but it can also be the feeling of the cold, metallic object rubbing up against their body that spikes their adrenaline like nothing else. Tattoos, on the other hand, can be self-arousing. Some people get off when getting a tattoo. It could have aspects of masochism and pain fulfillment, enjoyment and arousals of the tattooing sensation, or even a visual arousal seeing themselves covered in ink. Hmm. 
But for those who find tattoos hot and sexy, it's most often on other people. What's hot about it, you say? Whew! Tattoos are edgy and taboo. Many find the danger and adventurousness surrounding tattoos arousing, and ink is often associated with a bad boy or a bad girl. There's a lot of psychologically arousing material to explore with tattoos, and I have to admit, I do love tattoos. Ooh, love a man with a tattoo. Nothing bad. Now, for our next topic, we're briefly going to look back to BDSM. Now, if you want more BDSM, then I suggest going back and listening to my full episode that goes into detail about it. Oh, do like some whips and chains. Anyway, so we're going to talk about, about domination, submission, and rubberism. Dominance and submission are part of the acronym BDSM, which has been part of the common vernacular thanks to the recent explosion of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that again. I promise. No new rant on that. But it does stand for bondage, domination, submission, sadism, and masochism. But it's really an umbrella term for people who like to engage in any kind of dominant submissive power play during sex. Can you say master and servant? For this to be considered a fetish rather than just part of a healthy sex life, one or more of the participants must require this type of play in order for them to be sexually stimulated. Now, rubberism... Ugh. Rubber, latex, vinyl, leather. A desire to be sexually intimate with someone dressed in these shiny, skin-tight materials is a very distinct sexual fetish. Rubberists tend to enjoy the pornographic quality of this type of a wardrobe and it can bring a sexual encounter and people that express a keen desire to be in the sack with a bad boy or a bad girl. Alright, the last topic of the day that we're going to look at is water, thunder, and lightning. I know, you're wondering where I'm going with this one. Water is a very popular fetish with both men and women. Just the sound of running water is all the magic they need to get the motor going. A shower, a faucet, or rainstorm all work to fulfill this fetish. Seriously, shower massage, all I'm saying. Some women might even find themselves being turned on by the sound of thunder and lightning. Those random acts of gigantic flashes of light in the sky can be enough to trigger the desire for sex. I know. It's interesting. And I've given you so much to think about. Maybe you're even thinking some of these fetishes might be appealing to you. But how about we take a little break and visit with our sponsors and you meet me back here. 
I'm Naughty Nicole, and you're listening to Big Trouble in Little Vagina on Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to Big Trouble in Little Vagina on Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back, my little heathens. And if you're just joining us, you're listening to Big Trouble in Little Vagina on Renegade Talk Radio. And today's topic has been fetishes. Well, not all fetishes, just a couple of them. Because, you know, after all, it is a short show. But I promise you, if we didn't get to your favorite fetish, I promise we will cover them probably in another episode. But... If you happen to have a suggestion of a fetish or any topic, really, feel free to send me a message. I'm always open to suggestion. Just remember, no matter what you or your partner is into sexually, keep in mind there is always something out there for everyone. It's important that you stay open-minded and never be afraid to try something new. You never know. You might find that feet or pigtails or women's panties could take your sexual experience to the next level. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, in our final minutes, I want to talk a little bit about fetish origins and where fetishes come from. Lots of people have sexual interests outside of what's considered mainstream, and there's really not a whole lot of information about how people or how many people experience these what are considered atypical sexual desires. A lot of scientists believe that fetishes begin early in life. Something like an incident leading an individual to associate sexual pleasure with a particular object, material, or a body part. Now, there's a lot of resources out there that explain fetishes. And, while most fetishists do have something that happened early in life, fetishes can also start after childhood. There have been many studies about it, and one study even found that it, can, it could condition adult men to associate arousal with boots. I have to admit, I love suede platform boots. If you didn't get that from the first segment, you'll probably get it from this segment. A fetish might be an important part of someone's sexual identity, but that is not the same as someone's sexual orientation or their gender expression. For example, a relatively common fetish is panty fetish, and that's where men get sexual gratification from touching, smelling, and even wearing underwear that's designed for women. This particular fetish is almost singularly found in heterosexual men. Now, male-bodied people who wear women's clothing as part of their public gender expression are not the same as a panty fetishist. There's nothing wrong with fetishes in themselves. However, a lot of people might feel inconvenienced that they can't experience arousal without their fetish object or idea. 
It also might happen that an individual's fetish is incompatible with their partner's sexual preferences. Finally, people may find that their specific fetishes make them feel uncomfortable, unethical, or upset. A non-judgmental sex-positive therapist should be able to talk to people like this about their issues. As with all fantasies, discussing fetishes with a partner make people nervous. However, as long as you are communicative and safe, and you and your partner are both consenting adults, your fetish is yours to explore and enjoy. Normally, I would leave you with a mission or give you ideas of new techniques to try with your partners. However, today has been a day of firsts for us. And today, while ending things, I want to do something a little different. I want to inspire you. Kink is such a broad term, and for some reason it brings up feelings of guilt and taboo. So, instead of using the word kink today, I'm going to use the word expression. Today, I want you to express yourself to your partner in a new and exciting way. Now, this can be any way you feel inspired to express yourself. It can be funny, it can be romantic, or it could just be blunt and awkward, which is usually where I land. Whatever you decide, it's up to you. And above everything else, I want you to enjoy it. To help inspire you, I want you to think outside the box for things you can try. There is no comprehensive end-all, be-all list of fetishes. So, if you have something that makes you a little hot under the collar then go for it. Just remember, make it consensual, respectful, and intimately special for you and your partner. So I decided I was going to go and find myself a few different fetishes. And I'm not suggesting any of these, but I thought maybe if I brought these up, Maybe you'd feel inspired to think outside the box. So here's a little list of a few different fetishes and what they mean. The first one is actirasty. Yeah, I know. It's hard to say and hard to spell. It's arousal to the sun's rays. You beach people would love that one. (laughs) Oh, next one is agalmatophilia. Yeah, I'm going to be pronouncing the hell out of these. That one happens to be arousal to statues. (laughs) Autoplushophilia. Hey, I got that one right. That one is arousal to oneself dressed as a giant cartoon-like stuffed animal. I hope these are making you smile because they make me smile. Chasmophilia. That's an arousal to caverns, crevices, and valleys. Oh, this one's going to be fun. Pharmacophilia. Yeah, I promise you I do not have this one. This one is arousal to insects. Yeah, 
Definitely not. I will burn down the house if I see a spider. <laughs> Catropronilia. Yeah, I totally screwed that one up. Catoptronophilia. There we go. That's correct. Arousal to sex in front of mirrors. Hey, anybody got some mirrors on the ceiling? Tell me about them. Ooh. Kinsmolaginia. Yeah, I, know that, I totally screwed that one up. But it's an arousal to being tickled. <laughs> Lithophilia. It's an arousal to stone and gravel. Melissophilia. I know. The, I saw that one and I thought, is that a fetish to somebody named Melissa? It's not. It's an arousal to bees and wasps. I promise you one again, one I don't have. Nasolingus is an arousal to sucking on a person's nose. I promise you that does not do it for me either. I'm hoping you guys are loving these because I loved this list. Okay, nebulophilia, an arousal to fog. I'm guessing people in London might have that one. I'm not sure. Hey, do they have like an anglophilia? Yeah, I think so. All right. Psycho, psychrophilia, an arousal to being cold and watching others who are cold. <laughs> Tetranophilia is an arousal to being tickled but by feathers. Yeah. Pubophilia, an arousal to pubic hair. Most porn, st porn stars do not have that one because most of them don't have porn hair. Okay. Pygophilia is an arousal to buttocks. Okay, that one I think I have because I do like a good butt. Stygophilia, an arousal to the thought of hellfire and damnation. Yes, yes, yes. We're almost done. I promise. These are really just to make you smile. Titiliginia. Yeah, I thought that was an arousal to tits, but we were both wrong on that one. That's an arousal to tickling other people. Transvetic fetishism is an arousal to female garments touching the male skin. That's right, guys. Gonna see you in those silk little panties. Urophilia is an arousal to urine or urinating on others. Can you say golden showers, people? And the last one is xylophilia. It's an arousal to wood. Does that mean if you have morning wood and it gets me hot that I'm a xylophiliac? Hmm, I wonder. Anyways, we've come to the end of another episode and I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Maybe you learned something or maybe you just liked the ride. If you did, don't hesitate to let me know. I would love to hear from you. You can find me at my website, www.nicole-delacroix.com. That's D-E-L-A-C-R-O-I-X.com. Or on Twitter at, at Nicole Delacroix. And I do love it when people tweet to me. If you call me out, I promise you I will tweet back. If you like what you hear, then don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, Sexual Confessional Confidential Admissions from Social Media, available on Amazon.com and other major booksellers. Well, that's our time for today. 
I want to thank you for joining me again for Big Trouble in Little Vagina here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to join me next time so we can get a little naughty. That's right. I'm not going to tell you what we're talking about next time. You'll just have to meet me here. Until then, remember, sex is a two-way treat. See you next time, my precious little heathens.